Sportsnet 590, The Fan. With the 13th pick in the 2023 NBA Draft, the Toronto Raptors select Grady Dick from the University of Kansas. Raptor Nation, what's going on? It's Grady here out in New York City. Um, just got drafted to our beautiful city. Um, I cannot wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. And Drizzy, I'll see you soon, boy. It's Grady Dix. Welcome to Toronto's inaugural radio moment. And we will do our best to not get fired this morning. It's Brent Gunning and Ailish Forfar. Happy Friday. What's going on, Gunner? I like to think he was, we've heard of industry plants. This is like a plant by our boss. It's like, who's going to best cross the line? Good luck talking about Grady Dick all morning long on the fan morning show. Very happy to be alongside you. I just want to go on record now. I may turn on him quickly. You know, I've heard scouting reports. Some I love, some I don't. What I will say right now, starting off loving this guy. How can you not be all in after last night? All right. So Toronto Raptors select Grady Dick. And before he was a member of the Toronto Raptors, he had already become a viral sensation with his... This is out of my purview. You had to alert me to this. Yes. Okay. So he's got a TikTok following that is astronomical. And I think this is the first time that I felt old mm-hmm. because this kid gets and drafted. And if you're feeling old. I know it's tough, right? Yeah. He gets drafted and all of these TikToks start resurfacing online. And he is a millennial Gen Z at core. And I'm like still in the millennial, like mm-hmm. I'm a millennial, yeah, but I'm not this type of Gen Z this. millennial. This guy is... <laughs> Pumping out content like I've never seen before. He shows up to the red carpet in this the bright red Wizard of Oz theme suit, obviously because of the Kansas connection. And sure. before he was even drafted, that was the first thing I was, oh my God, who is this guy? Like bold move, like kid. And then I never think about him again until he was up on the stage and he was a Raptor. I am cackling hearing the name because I'm nine. Like, look, we can all do the thing of like, look, okay, come on. Be mature, people. We've all heard it before, but it's still hilarious, okay? Yeah. So I was cackling, laughing, and, you know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I'm, I am uh, locked and loaded on every draft prospect mm-hmm. heading into the uh, 13th pick. And then I saw him, and I was already dying of laughter. And he looks like, he, I mean, he looks like Justin Bieber circa 2013 mm-hmm. with the haircut and the baby face. He has on this bedazzled suit that is cut. And again, like we just went over how cool and young he is. So he doesn't need my advice on fashion. Literally no one on the earth does. But it is cut in a way that makes him look 14 feet wide at the shoulders, super broad. Uh, He gets into his, you know, several media availabilities after where he gets asked about it. It's the first question. He could not go two milliseconds in without getting out this Dolce & Gabbana. And then he tried to say some other label and butchered it, which which makes me love him so much more. It's just everything about it (laughs) was such a big welcome to the show moment and seeing this guy. How can you not start off loving him, honestly? And he's wearing the shades. He's strutting down the red carpet post- getting drafted to the Raptors, already pumping out social media content on their page. Like, he did miss a beat. This guy, Justin makes fun of me for, like, content plays. Like, oh, you're going to do this thing for content play? This kid is a content play. He is going to be, he's already, like, Raptors fans all in the comments, like, welcome to the six, buddy. Yeah. Like, jersey hey, sales. Jersey sales. Through sa- the roof. Well, let me tell you about the jersey sales, because I did go you on tried. to NBA Canada or any of the places where you can customize a jersey. And right now they won't let you. Unfortunately, 
it is a vulgar last name and they won't make you, they can't, they don't allow you to customize a jersey with his name on it because it just is seem they don't get it. Um, but he is going to be a What Toronto if you put Richard? What if you put Richard on the back? You could, but I want it to say Grady Dick because if you want the jersey <laughs> of the newest Raptor, you got to get it. And so they'll have to actually go into like the system of approval and approve that word now for Raptors jersey sales. And you know that this jersey will be the hot ticket item. Like next season, everyone will have next a, next a season and twenty forty five Coachella That's elite it. elite jersey twenty forty five Coachella. The most this September yes. and then the most. In like, yeah, 55. Be a hot value village find oh uh, many, many years down the line. See which number he goes with. I think, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's an important decision for him. Not that one, okay? <laughs> well, you uh, can't. Uh, you definitely can't. You just couldn't. Uh, even if it's hilarious. Shout out to Goon. Uh, <laughs> man, the, the idea of getting a guy like this who can actually, you know, I think the thing about the raps is they've just felt so stagnant mm-hmm. lately. Even when they make a change, it's like, it's just Jakob Pertl. It's just an old guy who was here before who doesn't really change all that much right now. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that this guy is going to change everything. Daniela was just telling us before the show. He most certainly is not right away anyways. But I think that this is just a injection of life. It was a fun night of levity for a fan base that honestly has just been so stuck in the doldrums pretty much since the second the parade ended. It, ever since then, the vibes have just been descending, descending, they descending. Scotty Barnes, and it was like this viral, yeah. big moment of energy, and then he wins Rookie of the Year. But most of the time, we're yeah. we're having conversations about, you know, the state of Raptors Twitter and the state of Raptors media and the state of Raptors fandom, and it has now never really been an extended period of excitement. And this guy's invigorating some youth, mm-hmm. and he's and he's a certainly a guy that likes personality. And you know what? I'm I'm all for it right now, but I think he could easily be a point of frustration if things aren't going well because of like this guy cares mm-hmm. so much about social media, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Oh, like, yeah. It's right there. But you know what? Like if we say this now, every single year in the future in the Raptors draft, it's going to be more and more of, of kids like this that are like living in the NIL. Mm-hmm. I'm going to cash in on this. I'm going to, you know, make my presence known on social media. So just embrace it now because this kid is like the start of what your future draft picks will look like. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> they can't all be Victor Wembanyama, who, you know, feels 47 years old mm-hmm. and just a sage, wise man who I would like to have a cup of coffee with and be like, hey, Vic, what yeah. could I do? You, yeah. Could you be my mentor? Can you help my me life in life? Coach. We can't all be that way. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this is definitely get used to it because it's going to get here. Uh, NHL draft, a little different. Might see the suits. You yes. just won't see all the surrounding surrounding stuff there. Uh, but yeah, this is this is what it, it looks like going forward. In mm-hmm. terms of everybody, I'll, I'll, uh, you know, I'll rip off the little scouting report here that we yes. got. He can shoot. He can do that very well. One of the best shooters in the draft, maybe uh, the best. My understanding is cannot do much else uh, beyond that. So big body, long frame, all the stuff you like in it for, for an NBA mm-hmm. wing there, uh, this will shock you. He is somewhere in and around 6'9 with long arms. So uh, even though they're getting something new, again, just right back to the old the old Raptors playbook there. Uh, but, you know, shooting is something this team is desperately, mm-hmm. desperately needed. And the other thing that I think will be interesting to watch is how a new player gets worked in with the new head coach. It's yep. such a problem. And, you know, I don't think it's always at the detriment of the team, but it's been hard for guys to gain the trust of Nick Nurse unless you're somebody like Scotty Barnes. And even him has struggled mm-hmm. to gain it at times. So now that you have a new coach here and Coach Darko, he's such a developmental guy. That's such a big part of what he does. I think that that probably bodes well for him as well. Well, but you know, I also think you need to keep expectations pretty clearly 
in check with yeah. what this guy is. So it definitely addresses a clear need that the Raptors had been sl- uh, lacking on for quite a while. Um, one of the best shooters in the NCAA last year. Um, I think he said, yeah, I set a record for Kansas freshman in terms of threes and, and, you know, I think that that's certainly the biggest selling point. We will get into more detail with the people that know it and have covered it well. We'll have um, our buddy Will Lou on and we'll have Michael Grange on. So we'll get a little bit more insight of like how he's going to fit in the roster of construction. You know, where, what, what happens from now when you get drafted to the start of the season, right? Like what mm-hmm. is he, what are the other things he needs to, to work on? Because maybe defense and uh, <laughs> that could be something that, you know, we get excited about the shooting, but. He's not the full full well-rounded player that you saw with Victor Wembanyama, who came in, and I don't think people have enough words in the English dictionary. I'm listening to the broadcast, and it's like, you know, um, franchise altering, uh, the best ever, the the greatest prospect. At one point, I heard that he was the greatest prospect ever in the history of any sport. I've heard this to ever get drafted into it. I'm like, whew, buddy. Like, I don't think you can get any higher than that. Um, But anyway, he goes first overall. No surprise there. There were some good viral moments Mm -hmm. from the draft in general. Um, I thought it was a really nice and different family-type affair. Right? Getting the families on the couch right afterwards. That introduction, at first, I thought it was a bit strange where they went through every player and, like, it was, like, their family. And they're all staying there, like, mean mugging the camera. Sears portrait studio. It was kind of like that. And they went through every player, but then I really, and I I think it's always really special to hear right away from the family and from Mm -hmm. the, the player. And it really, it kind of, Gave you an appreciation of what everybody goes through to get to this point, and not just the player, but see the parents, see the family. I thought that was a nice special touch that was different this time around. Um, emotional, like it is, and we talked about this yesterday about teeing it up. It's just this changes people's lives, not just the player, their family, and the sacrifice. So I actually thought that was a nice touch. Yeah, and you know, you get many different versions of it. Like Jawan Howard was one guy who had his kid drafted, mm-hmm. and obviously that's a completely different realm, right? Mm-hmm. Jawan Howard has been through this before. He's been super famous, played on the most famous college team of all time. So obviously he looks at it as a completely different perspective. And then you have players whose parents, you know, they had a regular job mm-hmm. or whatever. And it's like you said, it's life-altering, not just in terms of, you know, the the realm of life you live in but just that you finally kind of got across the finish line you know think of how long of a 20-year journey that was for for the kid for sure as well with the parents too and yeah how could you not feel feel happy for them although I would have liked would like one parent to just been like a a hard-ass dad been like yeah well you know could have been 10 if he would have busted it a little more (laughs) well come on that is what that is what father-son relationships are built on I would have liked somebody uh just giving a little needle there I did want to talk kind of about Wembenyama because I'm of such not Mm -hmm. of two minds I think both things are true but there has never been a player who I have been more confident in and this this includes LeBron James Mm -hmm. going through the gauntlet there's never been a player I've been more confident in able to handle the rigors of the expectations of being this. Just hearing him talk, even, you know, they're talking to him on the broadcast and they're asking him about the idea of, you know, how do you bulk up over time? And he immediately pushes back on that. And Mm -hmm. no, that's not what we're doing. We're not bulking up. We're getting stronger. This is the way I'm going to do it. And I think that is so good that he has such a clear plan. And he just, again, has a incredible head on his shoulders he just seems so at peace with the moment and that was the thing that sticks out the most to me the other side of this as well is uh i feel like we've seen this movie before with super skinny tall guys uh who come into the nba and it's going to be spectacular Mm -hmm. so long as it's this 
but it ain't going to be this forever. So I will never be able to watch this guy without waiting for the other shoe to drop. And that other shoe is his Achilles or Mm -hmm. his knee or his back or something. I hope it doesn't come to that, but it's just impossible for me to see a guy who physically he's preparing himself in all the best ways he can. But when you're a freak of nature like that, you're a freak of nature. And it's just tough to kind of keep everything Mm -hmm. stacked up properly. But in terms of his mental makeup, and again, I just go back to that word kind of calm, peace. It felt like he was just, it felt like he was at work. It felt like he was just on the panel with JJ yeah. and whoever whoever else was there. It didn't feel like this crescendo moment in his life, probably because mm-hmm. it's not going to be. This guy's going to go win championships and MVPs and all that. But yeah, that that's what stuck out the most to me about him last night. I thought it was really special. You know, obviously we've known he's going to be number one for a very, very long time. Years. People have been circling this mm-hmm. prospect and he's the high, most highly touted prospect in the history of sports. But when he got his name called for number one, it's like he he needed to really hear it to believe it, mm-hmm. and he gets emotional right away. Like he's crying, he's talking to the reporters, and and you just see that emotion. And for a guy that knows he was going to go number one for a really long time, it was so authentic. He didn't try to mask how he felt. He didn't, even though knowing for for months and months and months, like you could have just been like, yeah, you know, I, yeah. I, I'm really proud to have this moment. But seeing his raw emotion, I think you nailed it with. He feels like a humble, mature guy, right? Mm-hmm. And and not to cross-reference to other people we saw all night long, but everyone's in a different boat, right? But maybe it's just his lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And he's not an NCAA guy. He's yep. had a little bit of a different upbringing. He's probably had a different family life mm-hmm. being in Paris, whatever it is, or, or in France. And I just think that it just, it really, to me, was special to see that that moment still meant as much as it did after knowing forever. You had wind horse flying. Mm-hmm. Like yep. Everybody knew you were yep. going number one and you knew this forever, but to hear your name called and still have that emotion. I thought that was a really nice uh, part of the night. You had the Thompson twins going back to back. That was really sweet as well. There's no Sedine coup no. that made that happen, but you know, we, we could dream. Don't get me started on the Sedines. Yeah. Okay? Oh, how yeah. much time? We only have three hours left oh. of the show. If Matt's uh, like, I'll just give you the very Coles yeah. notes of this take. Uh, if Matt Sundin had a brother named Hank Sundin mm-hmm. who played left wing instead of, oh, I don't know, Jonas Hoagland, yeah. how would that go for the Leafs? Pretty good, I bet. It so, would be different. We, again, we, we could do this literally anytime, <laughs> so we can move on, but yeah. Uh, I, I can't. It's catnip to me. I yeah. can't. I hear the name. Even on Hall of Fame week, I asked our boss, I'm like, please don't put me on for Sadine Hall of Fame week. I, I, I won't be good. Like, I'll just it. say the bad thing and everyone will laugh. So uh, we had t- it teed this up yesterday about would there be a big move for three? Like it was kind of a, a more of a tame draft. There wasn't any big blockbuster. Um, There's some movement, but nothing of, you know, monster ripple effect. Number three was Scoot. Number two was Brandon Miller. Number one was Victor mm-hmm. Mignogna. It was kind of what was predicted before, but I wanted to, I wanted to bring this up because I, th- I think it's an interesting look into the future, a little bit about insiders and the information they give and maybe how the betting lines go into it. So yesterday we're going back and forth with Woj is saying one thing and Shams is saying one thing, right? And mm-hmm. we know the the two, the two <laughs> the guys. True, the true greatest rivalry in sports. It is. Those Duke, two. North Carolina, get out of here. <laughs> Yankees, Red Sox, take a seat. Canada, Leafs, USA, Habs, no. who cares? Woj and Shams. Shams, Woj. Okay, so but all... All whatever season long, Woj was saying Miller number two, Miller number two, Miller number two, and he and he was pretty firm about that. And yesterday, Shams came on um, in the very final hours and had a tweet that was like, "Oh, I'm hearing Scoot is getting a lot of traction." He said, "I have the quote: gaining serious momentum at number two. Hornets have been torn. Like team has been waiting to the final minute to make this decision." And Shams also is represented by a sports book, yeah. right? And so. It's very interesting because then that sports book is getting this influx of money. Mm-hmm. Like 
thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars on what the insider is saying. And in the end, it it doesn't go that way Mm -hmm. and people lose money. And Woj sends out a tweet that I think is pretty much directed at Shams. It says, you know, all along the entire Charlotte's Hornets organization has been all in the Brandon Miller ownership, front office, scouts, coaches. They see him as a perennial future all-star player. And it's like, I just wonder in the future, like, I mean, you can get sucked into when Shams says something. For sure. Uh, you 20 bucks on it, right? Like he's, why would he make that up? Why is he saying that? But I just think it's really interesting if you have a betting sponsorship, like what's your role in saying these breaking news or these type of insider comments? And I want to be clear, like the most important things to Shams, what allows him, let's say, you know, let's say the sports book is like, we'll Mm -hmm. give you a piece of the action, which I highly doubt is happening. Quite honestly, that would be such a terrible look. But he is getting paid by them. For sure. Mm -hmm. But even if in the worst case scenario of this, the only thing that gives Shams clout to be worth anything to to that sports book is to be right. So I think that that is the overwhelming Mm -hmm. thing that does protect here. But I mean, you know, we all watch Wolf of Wall Street. We've seen pump and dump schemes. You know, that's about the extent I understand it. Don't ask me to explain it any more than that. The big short is (laughs) also involved in this. We did finance yesterday. We don't need that today. I don't don't want any part of this. Math gets involved and I get super squirrely. So we're we're, we're for the best there. But I think that that's what protects against all this. Mm -hmm. The other thing I always love is, and this is, this goes across insiders of all sports, of all stripes. I love the horse race terminology. It's like he's gaining momentum. It's like, he's rounding the corner. Are they, are there two guys in the front office playing 21 and winner selects <laughs> and it's down to Miller versus yeah. Henderson? Like, cause to me, it's pretty clear just trying to read between the lines that mm-hmm. Woj has a sources and they both have sources. They're mm-hmm. super confident in, but there's probably somebody in Charlotte who's talking to Shams that isn't talking to Woj. And maybe it's not even mm-hmm. saying, I think they're going to take him. It's just, I am not giving up this fight. Yeah. I am still pounding the table. And the other part of this as well is, Let's not act like both those guys have been doing the job for the exact same length of time. It's not to take anything away from Sean's, but Woj has just been through the mm-hmm. ringer with this a few more times. And I wouldn't be I wouldn't be shocked if he has an ability to just discern a little bit more on that regard. 100%. So, yeah, that's what jumped out to me. But definitely interesting it's and definitely something you got to watch. Like for. as soon as you make a tweet and the line goes from minus 450 or, or plus 200 to minus 450, it's like people are. People listen to what you have to say, yeah. and they put their money where the insiders say. So I think just maybe I, I, I honestly think in five ten years we'll be looking back at this and they'll be like, "Ooh, what a weird." Well, I don't think, and I don't think he's the only life. one. I, no. I could be correct. I feel like Schefter has been linked to a book at, at some point in time, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's a weird know, responsibility it, to have. It that's really all. is. And again, you, I, I think it goes without saying that the only thing that gives them any actual clout is being right. Yeah. So that will be the most important thing. But yeah, it's uh, something to watch yes. for sure. <laughs> something to chew on later, Ooh. maybe. Um, okay, so Grady Dick joins the Toronto Raptors at. 13, but the Raptors also pick up another player, uh, Marquise Noel, and he's signing a two-way contract. So this is after the draft, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, Shams of the, of the Athletic put this one out. Um, so it means he's obviously going to have the opportunity to, to split some time in the G League and compete for an NBA spot. And if you remember him, he was kind of like hailed as like the hero of the NCAA tournament, um, set the NCAA assist record. Um when he dished out 19 against Michigan State, and Daniele really likes him. Daniele is our guy, right? He's our hoops guy. He's our hoops guy. He's a little little guy. He's a five eight guy. Uh, a little Fred Van Vliet action, maybe small guy. You know, he didn't get the draft. Like he's coming I, in. I really like the idea of a five eight undrafted guy uh, coming in and looking at Grady Dick, going, "I'm better than you. We were on the same college team, and I they was the star." Ha- they'll pal. go head to head. It's gonna be great. I love the I love that little mm-hmm. uh, wrinkle to it all. 
I love a small Hooper. How can, how can you not Uh, impossible not to cheer for that guy? And you know, it's, it goes, you know, we focus so much on the wraps and the fit of Siakam and Barnes and what's going to happen with Van Vliet. And did they make the right move with Trent and all that stuff matters for sure. But so much of the Raptors magic was being able to take a guy like that. And it wasn't just them. The player put in the work, but turning a guy like that into an all-star into Fred Van Vliet, who is forever a hero in this city now. And I'm not saying they have to do it with this guy, but they need to start getting back some of that player development Mm -hmm. pixie dust that they had going on for a while. The right coach for it, apparently. Apparently. Yeah. And I think this is an interesting measure of, okay, did you get the best players available? Did you get the right fit for the team? And we'll we'll talk a little later about that in the show as well as like where these two will fit in. But, um, you know, he's a small guy, but crafty, smart, um, maybe a little bit unsung. Like, Mm -hmm. I I think there's a little bit of a chip on the shoulder type thing. You cannot cannot be a 5A basketball player and not wake up mad every day. And so I think sometimes that's a, a really hard thing to value, but we've seen it work a lot for Players in the NBA. Um, so other some other stuff from uh, basketball before we move on, because the Calgary Flames are legitimately in flames. Um, the NHL had some in news last night, and uh, we got a full day of guests ahead, including a former coach of some of these guys, uh, Jeremy Case, Kansas Jayhawks assistant coach, two-time national champion. He'll join us in the other show, give us a, a look at our, some newest Raptors here. Bill Merrifield, Whit Merrifield's dad. Bill is joining us later in the show. I know we talked about this a couple of days ago, Justin and I, about this really great article that um, Shai wrote about during Father's Day and how Bill mm. helped um, his son, Wit, continue to play basketball. And it was, it's a nice story. If you haven't had a chance to read it, check that out uh, before we talk to Bill. Will Lou, Nick Caprios, and Michael Grange as well as our guests today. Um, but still some Raptors news to work through. Um Pascal Siakam has reportedly said that he is going to, he would not want to re-sign with a team that attempts to trade him. Um, his preference is to stay with the Raptors. So that was Haynes that said this yesterday. So he's obviously on an expiring deal. We know he said his name has been a lot of rumors, but to be outwardly maybe three year agent or whatever saying that I'm not going to re-sign if you trade for me is kind of like the loyalty that I think Raptors fans have wanted for a lot of their stars, right? Well, I mean, if you're you're loyal to yourself in that regard, mm-hmm. I think if you you know this is uh, this is my old Patrick Marlowe corollary Ooh. to bring it back to the Leafs, yes. like seemingly everything in the world does. <laughs> you know, if Patrick Marlowe really loved Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews so much, you know what he would have done? He would have retired and mm-hmm. not made them give away <laughs> Seth Jarvis for free. Okay, mm-hmm. so if Pascal Siakam truly loves the Raptors and is loyal to them, he will allow them to do what's best. Now he's not going to block it. He does not have a no move. I understand all this, and you earn the right to get to free agency and go where you want. But we've seen it. I will shout it until I am blue. Or actually, you know what? Let's go Raptors purple Mm. in the face. (laughs) That this team, so long as he's the best player, will never win anything of consequence. Mm. And if your goal is to be the DeRozan-Lowry Raptors, go for it. That's the ceiling of a team with this guy as your best player on it. If that's the world you want to live in, if you're comfortable with that, go for it. But if not... You have to move off of them. You're seeing Fred Van Vliet now. This is the time to make a change. You do not want to run it back season. This is the time. But if he's going to neuter the possible return they can get based on that news, it's not really helping out the team. So I don't begrudge him for it, but don't, and I know you're not you're not the one spinning mm-hmm. it, but don't spin this as loyalty to mm-hmm. the Raptors mm-hmm. when it's loyalty to Pascal Siakam. I, and I, I certainly think it's an interesting timing. Like his name has been floated around a lot, obviously before the draft, number three I being think, available. I think he's scared 
that Dame Lillard, Dame L- That's it. Lillard gets moved, and then there's a team that kind of misses out there. And they and want then, him. And, and then he's a second banana, but not really good enough. Want to be exactly. In. I think so, that's what terrifies And maybe him. it's the agent, like, kind of quieting some of the trade rumors and putting some cold water on it. But, I mean, at this point, if you know that Pascal Siakam wouldn't want to sign long-term, like, why even continue to pursue, right? Yeah, you need, the only way you would, and and this is not out of the realm of possibility mm-hmm. in this league, is your superstar saying, go get me that guy. That's yeah. a guy I can win with. I watched him win. Now, again, I, I'm more down on him than most, so <laughs> I wouldn't be the one saying that, but I think that's the scenario where it happens is pick your superstar who is frustrated, mm-hmm. and I, that's the guy who's going to keep me happy. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's going to be an interesting, like, silly season now, right? Very. And so the draft is over. We know the two newest Raptors. Uh, we do have some good clips from Grady Dick we should play before we move off because do uh, you need to know about the newest Toronto Raptor? He's going to be, you know, the, the star of the show here for the next little while uh, in terms of his on and off the court prowess. But let's play Grady Dick. Um, he... He could not go, I don't know, two, 30 seconds without mentioning Drake and his excitement to meet Drake. Uh, big Drake guy. Drake, Drake, Drake. So we've got his post-draft uh, availability and how excited he is about Drake. Now I'm looking forward to it. Um, Got to get out there, see Drake. I've been saying it a bunch, but I'm looking forward to that. You hyped to become boys with Drake overnight? It's going to happen. Of course. That's the goal. I need him to wear my jersey. That's how I know. That's my priority. <laughs> My priority, oh. <laughs> my priority is to get Drake to wear my jersey. I, I know he's being like he's so excited at, the po- at that time too. You're on the podium and you're just like, oh my god, I got drafted in Toronto. What do I know about Toronto? Drake, Drake, of course. Like, do you think this That's guy's it. like, you know what? I really love their development system. I know about their their assistant coach on the G League. And I know what about I their really, OVO what I system. Would, what I would have liked to hear is uh, him just throw his hat in the mayoral race, like, and we're gonna fix that Eglinton hey, Crosstown. I heard that they're looking for a mayor. Kipper's been shouting guys <laughs> yeah. out. This is great. Ah, uh, no, I what it, there was. This is how much better is this than mm-hmm. the stock? Like, oh, I like ketchup chips. Yeah. I like poutine. That's oh, pretty sick. This is way better than that. Uh, so look, like you're an inch- They named him mm-hmm. the global ambassador. Mm-hmm. Clearly, it's working. Yeah. So yeah, I again. All bloom on the rose for this kid now. Uh, do not hold me to these comments when I am frustrated early on his NBA career yes. when the shot on a night where the shot isn't falling. But right now, just all all love. He's like, a, he's like a baby fawn, stumbling around, banging into stuff, and I don't care. And he's saying funny things, and he's going viral. But I do I, the point that you bring up is like in you know six to eight months when we're frustrated with him, how quick are we to do the the, oh, the home run jacket is, is making this team um, you know the home run jacket they, they mm. it's, they're not serious neither they is Grady bring, Dick to take his TikTok page down. I, I know this is an NHL thing, but with like the hard hat for winning or whatever. Yeah. We need the Grady Dick uh, draft night jacket as oh, yes. a victory jacket. Yes. The Raptor actually wears a similar one uh, yeah, from, from time to time. So, mm, content. That's going to be a hot Halloween hey, costume. MLSC, you can just have that one. You that's yours. Raptor and him fashion show. There you um, go. So he also has some more talents, not just you know his social media skills, but he can also speak like Donald Duck. Oh, okay. Here's, here's the clip of that. I read this in your bio on Kansas' website. It said you could talk like Donald Trump. Oh, Is that true? Could you give us a little bit of that? A little bit? <laughs> All right, can't smile. Oh. We're looking, they're like, All right. He's nervous. See, I can't do it that well because I ain't done it in like a couple months. But once I, once I start doing that, then you can hear me clear. Just a little taste. That was pretty good. 
Just a little taste. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, as I said, he is going to be all over your social media timeline. I wonder if he's an only child. That seems like something you would spend just like, well, I have nothing else to do other than to sit here and stare. Well, he actually, both his parents are former um, uh, professional athletes. Okay, oh yeah, I do feel like this got got referenced. Oh, he has a couple siblings. Kelsey, Brody, and Riley. Mom played basketball at Iowa State and professionally, and um, I think won a gold medal. I'm looking, quickly reading his... Uh, anyway, but it says in his draft thing, enjoys anything active, making TikToks, watching scary movies and fishing, can do a backflip and talk like Donald Duck. <laughs> That's on his base. This so. is great. Anyway, but yeah, his parents have an athletic background. He does have siblings, so not only okay. child. Um, I've got to be honest. I'm very surprised by that. Oh, I, I am. Just the Donald Duck thing really uh, stuck, stuck it out for me. I know one other person who can do an, an impression like that. Very creepy to see in person. Yeah. Uncanny, uh, you might like say. It's just like the face, you mean? Or? It's, just, it's just very unsettling. Like, have you ever... I've never... I, I don't even know if this is a real thing. I feel like I saw this in movies, and I don't, I've never seen it in the wild. Have you heard this thing of people can throw their voice, like make it sound like it's coming like from... Like a ventriloquist. The, yeah, exactly. Kind of like that. But make it sound really like it's creepy. coming from outside of like another place in the room, and it's like, that's just unsettling. I, I don't like it. Are people still ventriloquists? Because I think this there's is like text line I actually think here. there's one. I think like I'm not going to pretend man? to know him, but like I feel like he pops up oh, on the like com- yeah, yeah. yeah the guy he has but, all like, of his little buds. People. Oh, like like as a 13 year old endeavoring to do this. Is now. there somebody that you cross on the street that you're like, hey, what's going? And you don't know that their job is a ventriloquist. I hope not. You're on is the TTC the right? this morning, and you're like looking around at people going to work, and there's somebody that's going to ventriloquist. I hope day I re- job. I really hope not. I think because I. If you're a ventriloquist, know. please five ninety five ninety. I need to pick your brain. Okay. I also have the over under is set on my laptop battery today. I came into the show and it was at twenty percent, and I guess I didn't plug it in properly into the wall. So where it's going down rapidly, the brightness is at the lowest. I can barely see. All I see is my reflection. It's spooky. <laughs> but the over under is: will I get to two and a half two percent by the end of the show? I'm already at fifteen, and yeah. I haven't even touched any yeah. document. You're dying. You're dying. So I might not be in the text line as as nicely, but you know, Gunner will take over for you because I can't and, chat with everybody. This and by morning. that, I mean just know I'm reading it, yes. but I won't be nearly he, as active. He's there, and I. I will see it, but I don't have the battery power to respond to everybody today, but we will read your text, please, 590, 590. Um, let's play one more, like Bobby Bobby Webster obviously sure. had an opportunity to talk about the newest Raptor, and um, obviously he talked about his personality, but here's what he hopes to get out of Grady Dick this upcoming season, because this is, this is the most important thing, his on-court skills. <laughs> kind of what I started, he's a, he's a good basketball player, and so I think we always want to put a, a, prior, you know, a premium <laughs> on those type of players that can do a little bit of everything. Um, I think, you know, obviously he's a rookie, but you hope he can come in off the bench and make some shots and, you know, kind of not make too many mistakes and the coaches trust him and, and you know, keep expectations in line. But, um, you know, we do have expectations that he can probably come in. All right. So we'll break down with Grange, with Will Lou about maybe the fit, what's next for, for Grady Dick and for the newest Raptors as well. Uh, but let's move to some hockey. Calgary Flames making some Ooh, bad headlines yesterday. Uh, they are in flames, uh, legitimately. Um, and it was our guy, Frank Saravelli, who kind of kept putting the dagger in them. I don't know if you saw the tweets, I but did. he fired off four tweets in a row, and it was like, oh, oh, even, oh, oh, my. <laughs> Frank, stop. You know that meme where it's like, stop, yes, and he's dead. He's dead. That was Frank Please yesterday stop. with the Calgary Frames, uh, Flames. So basically, the rundown of a four-hour segment of tweeting was that Tyler Toffoli wants out, Okay. Lindholm wants out, Backlund wants out, and Hannafin wants out. And so that is a, a 
quartet. Yes, that's that, four. That's four. A quartet of of Calgary Flames that no longer want to play in Calgary or no longer want to sign an extension or see themselves here long term. That is uh, a pretty bad couple hours of news if you're a Calgary Flames fan, if you're a Calgary Flames media ownership, our guys uh, we have to get the our, uh, our buddies Francis out there. Up, yeah. We have to wake them up and get them on the phone. Um, but it is a tough spot and it seems like all of the movement in terms of Trey Living and um, getting rid of Sutter is maybe not the actual problem going on in Calgary. It's just kind of an expose and like something is wrong. Yeah, I would certainly say so. I think everybody there was probably at the very least trying to talk themselves into it strictly being mm-hmm. a Daryl Sutter problem. I think that that was pretty easy place to point the finger. And quite honestly, I think at the time it looked like the, the right one. But he's gone. He's not going to be there. Uh, so what's the problem? Mm-hmm. Apparently, it's still something. You know, when I look at all those guys, uh, you know, Lindholm, last year of his deal, Hannafin, yep. one more after after this. It is a wake of destruction that yep. Brad Treliving left there. And, you, you know, I, I don't want to get into doing victory laps about what Kyle Dubas has left because Treliving was a year removed. This was not the conversation we're having last year. So let's see what position the yeah. lease were in. But, you know, for all the talk, and again, about Kyle Dubas and the contracts that he gave out, look at the spot that Treliving put himself in with Kachuk. Look at the spot that Treliving's old team is in now. And I'm not saying that this means he is not the right guy to be the Leafs GM or it's going to be some abject failure. But I think that you have to look at a guy's last stop and look at the position mm-hmm. they were left in with and again, this has to be hammered home with nothing more to show other than I think maybe one more second round yeah. win, but not a series win, just winning two games in the second <laughs> round. That's all they got to show for it. And it is a wake of destruction being being left behind. So I think it is at the very at the very least a yellow flag. At the very least, probably a red one in yes. honor of Calgary. Not good <laughs> at all. And you know, I know people are gonna start to pick up the carcass. Those are all solid players, mm-hmm. but you wanted to fully when the flames got him. You don't want him yeah. now. You know, Hannafin, Lindholm, those guys are a little different. Backlin, I'm also out on, but how can you not look at a team that Trilling used to be the GM of that's having a bit of a yard sale and say, mm-hmm. Of course he's gonna kick tires. Of course oh. he is. A hundred percent. Next week, you guys come on the radio, there'll be rumors of, yes. hey, you know, Trey Living went and he's he's checking out on some of his former players. Mm-hmm. And if you're a current player of the Calgary Flames, you're looking around and being like, what the hell is going on? I need out too. Like, yeah. this might be the start of something where there's a lot of players that are looking for trades. Like, when free agency opens up, it might be a little bit of a different you know, outlook of what Calgary might have been. I know we talked a lot about Winnipeg being the team that yep. has a lot of eyeballs on them, but I think Calgary just put themselves in the ring big time. Um, I'm sure the Leafs could target some of these guys. I'm not sure if it's like the perfect home run deal ahead. We will talk to Kipper later in the show about, you know, maybe some free agency moves or, or if he sees Calgary being a place of a destination point that Trey Living might call back on. But I do think you can look a little bit differently at Okay, so what was going on there in Calgary? Um, they don't have any leverage now. Like these guys have openly uh-huh. been like, I don't want to play here. So figure it out for me, right? And and maybe in and poor Craig Conroy. This guy waltzes in, gets a GM job, he's so excited, and it's like, Hey, here's a disaster. Go yep. deal with it. I kind of feel for the guy, but he's making good money. So. Yeah, I, I look at I look at the players, not just those guys that were mentioned. The only guy who kind of makes sense uh, that they would realistically move there, you know, Rasmus Anderson is under contract at a great number for mm-hmm. a bunch more years. That co- That's going to cost you a ton. I just don't see that happening. Yeah. Hannafin would be interesting. The other guy, now the problem is, is the Leafs can't afford middle class forwards, but 
Andrew Mangiapane. Uh, mm. This guy has shown up in big moments, even though he is uh, he, he's the exact opposite uh, of big. But he's on the books for 5'8 next year and the year after that because of the shortness of the term, because it would end at the same time as Matthews. Uh, maybe there's something uh, you, you could see there. But the problem is they just have so many of those middle-class guys. Lindholm, 4'8", Toffoli, 4'2", Blake Coleman, who you wouldn't kick tires on at all. He's 31 years old, and he's at 4'9", for mm-hmm. four more seasons. Yeah. So I, I, when I look at it, I don't know that there's that many options. The other one some people have talked about as well is the idea of a goalie. I personally, unless there is a very obvious upgrade available on a kind of shortish term window, I imagine they just roll back with Samson off the wall. I can't way, see why it, they eh? wouldn't. Yeah. I, I mean, there are some, this is a pretty good, like free agency esque, um, goaltending draft or, or some guys on expiring deals, but um, not draft free agency. Um, but Wall, I think everyone's obsessed with him. For like, sure. I, I could see him certainly being maybe even the starter by the end of next season, depending on how things go. And Samsonov, you know, you could probably find a way to keep him at a reasonable number. And I think he liked his time here. I don't think he's I don't think he's your franchise-defining goaltender, but that tandem for me, I feel a level of comfortability. But there are some other names out there, but I, I just haven't heard much. It's also been pretty quiet in terms of like Leafs rumors yep. in general, right? just seems like, hey, the last thing we heard was probably no bunting, probably no Hall, probably no Kerfoot. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll get back to you soon when we know about more rumors. And that's kind of like the pulse right now. Yeah, the other the other pulse is um, just how, and I don't think they necessarily should be, but how embarrassed they seem to be bringing back Sheldon Keefe as, yes. as Lee's head coach. It's like, it's almost like uh, your buddy, like, you know, brought his new girlfriend mm-hmm. to the bar, but didn't tell anyone. Mm-hmm. It's like, who's that? It's like, oh, you're just a friend of mine. It's like, why don't you want to tell me more about this person? No, why it's, are it's you... like getting back with like your ex. Yes, almost. this That's is it. it. Yeah, it's like, it's... oh, you guys are. You... No, no, oh, no. You just, guys are. Just you hanging out. Nah. Oh, what's this situation? Yeah, exactly. Back together? It's like, no, no. We're just, no, like, just hanging out. Oh, just just together. Together. We're and not together. Yeah. Because, you know, like he's clear as day, going to be the coach next year. Yeah. And they understand it's a little weird to put out a press conference being like, coach, will continue to coach. Him. Coach, well, that's the thing. They they don't announce it. Like, they don't have to mm-hmm. announce it. You know, I, I there have been general managers who got contract extensions and we found out it about this quietly many, many months later. Yeah. So it, it could have already it happened. I know all the insiders are digging, but yeah, that's the, that's been the most funny thing to me in Leafs land is just them being like, oh, don't, don't talk about the coach. Don't, but he's our coach. He's a coach for sure. And we have absolute one. Hey, don't question our faith in the coach. Yeah. Well, why don't you talk about it more? Let's talk about something else. Let's talk about Matthew's contract. Somehow that's even more palatable there right now. That's good. And we we know that there was the meeting between Brad Trey Living and Austin Matthews. The summit. Some the 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 souffle was it the chocolate something that they had. Oh, uh, the, uh, just the Huberdeau yes. closing cake, whatever yes. it was. Yeah, maybe they had that in Arizona. Uh, there is so. a guy on Calgary, uh, Nazem Kadri. I've heard heard uh, the name. Hmm, maybe he doesn't want to might, play there anymore. Might have a crispy white 43 uh, in, in my closet. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if somehow he's like, I want out. Oh. This place sucks. Oh, my. Toronto. <laughs> Nasdaq would be, there'd be no, I'm honestly trying to think if they're like a would Phil be a Kessel. Crazy reacquisition ever? A, a Phil Kessel victory lap would have been very fun. Yeah. But it would have been mascot-ish because, yes. you know, he doesn't play that much anymore. Kadri back would be, ooh, I I actually, yeah, I don't think there's one. I really don't yeah, think there's anybody else that... Flip our station upside down. Oh, my God. We'd yeah. have a heyday. We'd love it. It'd be real fun. Uh, yes, please. We got Kipper later on the show. Uh, I don't think that we're going to hear much validity from that one. No, no. But, you know, sometimes Kipper, like, he'll entertain my jokes. Maybe he'll like that one. Man, Kip, 
Kipper will tell you some things and you'll start hearing it and go, that's crazy. And then by the end of it, you go, like Shane eh. Doan? Exactly. He's like, yeah. Shane Doan. I'm like, oh, okay. And then it's like a week later, Shane Doan. I'm like, Kipper, the knows. insider. Kipper knows. Kipper, big insider, Kipper big knows. politician uh, <laughs> lately. Okay. Um, it's like political advisor. He's the guy. He's, he's the guy behind the guy. Yeah. We won't quiz him on that, but if you need any insight, he's, he's big on the Twitter feed now. Okay, uh, more NHL news to wrap up here before we do the A-list. Um, okay, so two things that were, you know, bigger-ish news. Um, there was like the, 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 I think it was Elliot uh, made some comments about Gary Bettman um, having some conversation yesterday. Was it the Board of Generals or Governors? Board of Governors. Yeah, Board yeah. of Generals, Governors, bunch same of guys, thing. Bunch of guys in, are you governor or general? Rich, it's the same thing. Rich guys in suits are chatting. Yes. Um, okay, so there's a couple things here. Um, let's play the clip here about specialty jerseys in warm-ups and how the NHL is going to eliminate that moving forward. Well, actually, I, I've suggested that it would be appropriate for clubs not to change their jerseys uh, in warm-ups because it's become a distraction and taking away from the fact that all of our clubs in some form or another, host nights in honor of various groups or causes, and we'd rather that we continue to get the appropriate attention that they deserve and not be a distraction. Uh, it's only become a distraction because you're catering to the needs of like 10-ish players that are non-inclusive or homophobic or mm-hmm. transphobic, and now you've decided to eliminate all specialty jerseys. But we know that this is because the Pride Nights are yeah. getting um, unwanted and unfair attention uh, for the wrong reason. And now you're also removing Hockey Fights Cancer, Mm -hmm. um, Black History Month, Asian Heritage Month, Indigenous Nights, Pride Nights, Military Nights, in honor to cater to this small group of players that do not want to wear Pride jerseys. And I just think it's really pathetic and it's uh, it's a cowardly move. There's a lot of ways you could frame it. One way is saying that Gary Bettman thinks it is more important that Eric Stahl doesn't have to see a pride jersey than it is that everybody else wears military Mm -hmm. night jerseys. That's one way you could phrase it. Honestly, the biggest thing that jumped out to me, uh, I wish I was shocked, not remotely surprised. The one thing that did floor me about it, I did not see a world where the military was getting lumped in with this. I thought that was just going to be its own standalone thing and that was still going to happen. So I will commend them on their consistency if that, but yeah, I think it's a brutal decision. I think that it is clear as day catering to it. We've seen it in Major League Baseball as well with teams saying... Texas just won't do Pride Night. Well, I mean, (laughs) and other teams across the league have done that, but even going as far as the players association is now and look this is what this is all the this is unions good bad somewhere in the middle i'll leave it up there for you to decide but generally speaking unions will protect their members mm-hmm. that includes their worst ones and ones yeah. that they disagree with uh you know we talk about in the nhl all the time when the when the pa is is fighting for a guy and it's involving a dangerous hit it's not the guy who's been maimed and murdered it's the hey he has the right to do the murdering out there you leave him alone so this is how it's always this was the direction it was always trending once mm-hmm. Provorov kind of kicked it all off. I don't think anybody should be surprised yeah. by the NHL stance. You could be upset about it. You, mm-hmm. If you're asking my opinion, you should be upset mm-hmm. about it. But I wish I was surprised, but I'm not. So they will continue these nights, like Pride yep. Night, et cetera, but they won't have the visual um, jerseys, the auction. But like a lot of that was really important. Like If you are a member of this community and you want to come, or even if you're not a member of the mm-hmm. community and you come to a game, you're just seeing the visual representation of that you're welcome here and that the players appreciate you and that they welcome you in and the organization does. And without having the jerseys, you don't see that as much and you're not being able to, I know some of these were auctioned off for charity. Mm-hmm. So you're missing an, an opportunity just to make this community feel more welcome and to say, hey, hockey is for everyone. Well, clearly it's not because you're going to eliminate all the other 
uh, visual representations of celebrating whatever it is. Um, and I just think that they did, they made so many steps forward with making more of these nights. And it's like, let's take all these steps backwards yeah. and we just won't do the thing that makes a couple of people upset. Um, okay, so some more stuff from the conversation there yesterday was uh, Ottawa, host city of the 2025 World Juniors. So coming back to big, our Big year province. for the byword market. Oh my goodness, big year for Ottawa, big years for Ottawa. Yeah. And so that'll be fun. Uh, they hosted in 2009. Uh, Canada won. Oh, and the good news is, I know this was an NHL thing, but yeah. the owner won't be up there saying, ah, this is garbage. We should have a better outdoor game. That's What's true. going on here? That won't be happening that's this time. True. So that's true. So great. they'll have that in 2025, which like I was like, oh, that's far away. And I'm like, oh, that's actually not. It's <laughs> it like, is uh, not. It's a couple days away. <laughs> a couple months away. You're going to blink. Yeah. yeah. And it's going to be here. And then we got one more here because yesterday we talked about the financial situation of MLSC and et cetera. So there's, here's an update and... You know, Justin and I, uh, if you're listening yesterday, we just broke down the finances. We did some mug math. We had the, wow. yeah, don't, yeah, don't go and listen to that gunner because it just, it'll hurt your brain. Nonetheless, here's a little update on Larry Tannenbaum's MLC shares. Well, it hasn't closed, but it was approved by the executive committee, mm. uh, as was with Monumental for the uh, uh, Washington right. franchise as well. So uh, the CAPS also was approved by the executive committee previously. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, I've always said that our franchises had been undervalued. Mm -hmm. That may be because of the franchises that had been sold or traded. Uh, and in the final analysis, we don't have a lot of turnover, um, but we're beginning to see uh, more realistically the true value of our franchises. I was I was curious about Larry Tannenbaum in Toronto. He's been a big part of the league. He's on your executive committee. Will he continue in his current roles, or is this to be taken in any way of him taking a step back? No, I don't think he's taking a step back. This is a small, passive investment. Um, it's nothing more than that. Can I just be mad for two seconds? Please. How dare you get up there and take a victory lap about the valuation of franchises, which it's your job to do. And it wasn't part of that, but in that exact same sit down mm -hmm. that Elliot did with him, or it's actually stand up there, both standing. He asked him about the cap and it's going to go up a million dollars. The team that is being sold a chunk of it at an $8 billion valuation that allows you to squawk and crow and say, look how good I'm doing at my job, getting yep. all this value out of the league is the team that is most hamstrung by your hard cap. And the hard cap is what has killed any movement in this league. And it is why it is lagging behind the other three North American sports leagues in terms of engagement and all of that other stuff. So good, good on you. I know that's literally your job is just to get the owners their money and you're doing it. But the idea of the two, those two realms shall never meet franchise valuation and the no. cap. They have nothing to do with one another. Why would they involve one another? It is ridiculous. And it drives me insane, especially when it involves the Leafs once again, paying the bills for the entire league and them going tisk tisk, no raise in a cap for you, even though you're the team far most affected by it. But other than that, I thought it was great. It's like when he went on the podium, was it like a month ago? Yeah. It was like, oh, we are the most uh, the most revenue, 6.6 .6 billion, uh, a couple beans. And they're like giggling about, oh, uh, a couple beans to count. Oh, Raise the cap more. Yeah, hilarious. All right. So Gunnar and I, uh, for the rest of this morning, we'll get the A-list after the break. And then we'll chat with Michael Grange about the newest Toronto Raptor, plural, two Raptors yesterday for the- Raptai? The Raptor. The reptile. That's, that's, that's a nice clue. Yeah, but let's <laughs> I, let's start it. A list after the break. Sportsnet five ninety. The fan. Now it's time for hey, yo. the A list. Bing bong. Bing bong. Bing bong. What's up, baby? 
All right, you um, have been to the zoo, I assume. Buddy, I was a camp counselor. You Ever? Were? Oh, yeah, I was a. I was the a Toronto little, Zoo? Uh, no, no, like uh, I would a take zoo? my camp kids to the zoo oh. once in the summer. And then, yeah, I went to the zoo all the time as a kid. Okay. Big polar bear guy when I was young. I like a good polar bear. It's my animal. And then I found out that. I used to put my hands on the glass. They would jump back and forth, and I was like, I have this special bond. And then as I got older, I did some reading, and it's like, that is a trauma response. They do not like being oh, in a cage. I so. mean, it is, we don't have to get into like the, no, we the, don't. the, the, the feelings about I live the by Marineland now. Oh, I don't no. even want to, I genuinely am like, I feel no. like a dark cloud come over don't, me. Don't, yeah. we can't. I know. We can't get into the uh, like ethics of it, but yeah. we can get into the story. Please. Um, Inter-Miami goalkeeper. Nick Marsman. And we know Inter Miami is having a moment right they now. Are. This is it's Miami's month slash. They got Cristiano season. Ronaldo, right, Danielle? Something no, like that, right? No, the other Some one. Dude. Okay. Wasn't it Beckham? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> it was um, messy. We know. We know it's Just messy. Just kidding, you guys. Nick Mar- Marsman. Okay, so a goalkeeper there made the trek to a zoo in, in Florida with his family. And was bitten by a poisonous spider oh. sometime during his oh, visit. Just around. It was around, it was out and about, it was somewhere at the zoo. Nope. Yes. And um, he had to spend some time in the hospital. And was, there's an Instagram post and, quote, the downside of living in a tropical climate is when you go to the zoo and get bitten by a poisonous spider. You end up being hospitalized for three days. So not sure what type of spider it was, what happened in terms of the zoo. Like, I don't know if it climbed out of an... Rainforest, you're shaking no, your head. I no. don't like any of this. <laughs> I don't think so either. But yes, uh, just a tidbit of advice is be careful at the zoo because even the best of the best can get bitten by spiders and go to the hospital for three days. Yeah, the zoo, it's always been a little weird to me. They have like birds that aren't in cages and it's like it's just going to stay in there. They just know where to come back home to? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Uh, awesome. I do I do love a zoo. Dying to, dying to take my guy there. When yeah, can after hearing it. the story? Yeah, yeah. Well, no no touching spiders. Come on. Well, I, they don't know where it came from, if it just climbed over. Stay but vigilant then. There's probably spider experts Maybe I'll put in them the in a full line. hazmat suit and take them. Then no problems there. Spider experts uh, probably have a name that's like... Uh, uh, well, arachnid is what they would be. Arachnid. Arachnologist, no? I, I don't know. I just know arachnid is like the, the technical scientific term for that family of, of insects or whatever. Scientist Gunner this morning. It's about all I got for you. Because it's arachnophobia when you're yes, afraid of them. Yes, that's right. That's how I know that actually that's is it. it. That's There's it. people that are listening that probably are creeped no, out That are no longer morning, listening. That have turned their radio <laughs> off because there's spy, deadly spider attacks. Imagine they just got a little like wind on the back of their neck and they're like, oh, it's going to get me. I just, yeah, that'd it, be good. <laughs> it makes me think of, I don't know if you've probably watched Harry Potter with your kid, that, um, you know, the big spider. Yeah, I yeah. do. What, I actually, I actually do not. Uh, I'm didn't on, they name it? It's like know. floppy or fuzzy or my my experience with uh, this is my where I was bad at my camp counselor job. My experience of Harry Potter was falling asleep when we would take the kids to that movie. So uh, shout out to everyone who made that franchise. Okay. Not up my I'm I am uh, to borrow a term from cousin Greg. I'm not familiar with this IP. There, so, you, go. there you go. Aragog was the spider. Okay. Okay. You learn something new every day. So beware of spiders if you go to the zoo. Michael Grange joins us <laughs> after the break. Let's get down into. The newest Toronto Raptor, Grady Dick, and Nick Caprios will join us to wrap up the next hour on the Fan Morning Show with Gunner and Dalish.